Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey, your guy Heaney's on in relief now. See that? Wonderful. Five to one twins top of the seventh over the Yankees. And he still uh, stinks. The... He speaks highly of you. <laughs> By the way, did you notice the Arkansas-Texas game? I know that that? Arkansas won. In what conference is is Arkansas in? (laughs) That would be the SEC. So you're telling me that Texas played a team in the SEC and one of the two teams lost? That goes to my point about Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Stop getting in the fetal position. Every week, seven SEC teams are going to lose. And Texas is not, it, it is, uh, there's going to be a lot of times where Texas is one of them. It's the way it is. Out of the fetal position, have confidence in your product. College football right now is aching for leadership begging for leadership somewhere and not just somebody who will take you to right a puddle and tell you get get a drink they want to take you to an oasis follow them when they do because they'll be the ones with the big ideas the big thoughts and will not have their hands tied by circumstances college football's begging for leadership all right Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Play-by-play call of the day. Number 40 to the house. Tempted and taken back to the house. Jesse Lucetta, uh pick six for Penn State. Well, this guy, what, what can't he do? On the right side of your screen, 40, Jesse Lucetta plays DN, plays linebacker. And now he's lobbying for a little whiteout. He sees the ball come out of Drew Plitt's hands, says... I got that with one hand. That's Mark Helfrich there at the end, the former Oregon head coach, good man, and Aaron Goldsmith with the call on Fox Sports 1. All right, let's bring in Dave Cicchini now, head football coach at Bucknell. Dave, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you with us. Thanks, Steve. Dave, uh, margin of error has always been something I've talked a lot about in a lot of different sports. I know it's always a next man up mentality, but you're on limited scholarships to begin with. How tight was your margin of error the last, uh, especially last weekend? Yeah, I mean, it, w- it was tough. Uh, you know, the, the biggest thing, Steve, going on with, uh, as I'm sure you've talked about, uh, with the NCAA basically saying that uh, this past year with the COVID pandemic basically being a do-over, that enabled and really threw a lot of teams uh, out of whack in terms of now the ability to bring back a lot of players who were graduating or or who you thought were in their last year uh, of eligibility. And thus, a lot of teams right now are very senior-laden or fifth-year seniors or even sixth-year seniors uh, starting for their teams right now. Unfortunately for us at Bucknell, all of our 
seniors all graduated, got great jobs, and and uh, you know left the the program. So uh, we're very young, and it's a tough time to be very young. We've got some really good football players who are seniors, uh, but as you mentioned, we've had um, you know a number of injuries even prior to our first game. Uh, which really held those guys out of the game. So when we, uh, you know, went down to, to Villanova on Saturday, we had all four of our uh, senior captains uh, out, uh, and uh, that that's hard when you go in playing the number eleven team in, in Division One FCS uh, to take the field. We've got a lot of young players that we're very very excited about, but uh, I think they they learned uh, just how far away we are from from being uh, you know someone who could be in the in the top ten type conversation in, in terms of teams at the uh, Division one fcs level so let's take that next part when you have guys that are out like you have it does force you to play younger players idealistically dave you'd rather play a guy a game too late than a game too early and you know exactly what i mean how tough is it when deep in your gut you're wondering if you're playing a guy a game too early but circumstances dictate he has to yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. You, you, you're thrown into the fire and, and you do your best to prepare those guys, but it is challenging, you know, for us, uh, uh having a great example, uh, Nick Septenfelt, or sophomore quarterback, starting in his first college football game and he goes up against a team that's got, uh, you know, 10 of 11 starters back on defense and, and uh, just very, very talented. Uh, that's rough for them. You know, they go out there and, and, uh, uh, that margin uh, for error is just razor, razor thin. And, and while that can have negative effects at the start, you just got to counter that as a, as a coach. Just keep uh, things positive. Keep telling them, hey, every single play is a learning experience. You're going to make mistakes. You shoot, but you make mistakes when you're an All-American. So it's your first football game. You're going to make even more. That's okay. Just learn from it, and and that's what uh, you know. Being a successful college football is all about. You know, a college successful college football player is all about. Rather, is the ability to you know gain that experience, apply it to the next game, the next play, the next series of downs, the next quarter, wherever you you want to put it. But uh, that's that's what you just you know you really teach that perseverance uh, to fight through the adversity, to learn from it, and get better from it. No, I, I realize he didn't have to throw the ball a lot, but Daniel Smith, the game must look like it's five miles an hour to him. He's a grad student, been around the block. How 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 fast do you think the game looked for your guy? Just I mean, just because it's the first time out there, it's like driving a car for the first time. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's it, people ask me, is there a big difference in, when it comes to speed? And if you're talking about measurables, you know, a forty-yard dash. You know, Villanova was a little bit uh, faster and more athletic than us, but not that much. The big difference is the speed of the game, uh, and that comes from the processing of the information. And then you're exactly right. You know, uh, Smith, their quarterback, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, when I was the head coach at Valparaiso in 2015, we visited <laughs> Campbell University, and Smith was the starting quarterback uh, way yep. back in 2015 for Campbell, and uh, you know, here he is in 2021, still a college football player, still starting football games. You know, uh, oh, just an unbelievable wealth of experience uh, under his belt, and and you contrast that with uh, a guy uh, who's getting his first start in college football and as a sophomore, it is. It, you're exactly right. It is that's that's the big difference. The talent is there. Uh, but the experience is not, and the game goes a lot, lot quicker in the eyes of a young quarterback than it does for a guy who's in his sixth year of college football. So when you get into a situation like this, 
what does the process mean for you? What does the consistency of your weekly process mean to make, okay, transition from one to the next? What does that especially mean right now? Well, we want to keep make sure that our guys keep their eyes on the prize. Uh, it, it, this is not a sprint. Uh, a college football season is a marathon. And so we got to not panic. we got to continue to get better. And for us, with a team that's so young, there, there's positive and negatives with that. The, the positive is they bounce back relatively quickly because they're just excited to be playing college football. The newness of everything, everything's new. Everything's the first time they stayed in a hotel as a team and their first away trip. And, and so uh, the excitement is there. So you want to keep those guys learning and focused and, and going through that, that maturing that, that uh, everybody needs to do at, at our level while also getting the seniors, keeping them and reminding them, hey, in 2019 we started out 0-5 and you know we kept fighting no one gave up no one got too frustrated no one got uh you know destructive in terms of their own habits practice habits game habits you know we continued to have at it and found ourselves you know, after an 0 5 start playing for a share of the patriot league championship uh, week 11 of the season so uh, so we're kind of fighting that battle on both fronts trying to get our guys to focus and learn from their mistakes the young guys and trying to keep our, our seniors and, and juniors to agree you know that there's such a small group and, and a lot of them are injured but keeping them fired up just saying hey we've got a marathon here we need to get as many guys back when we can we can't lose faith just because we're 0 and 2 you guys have been there before at 0 and 5 and still find yourselves playing for a championship so never give up it's a game one to game two so when you racked up the video was there an area or two where you looked at and said you know we actually got a little better i don't care about the, what the score says there are a couple areas we got better Oh, oh, no question. There, there were several. We just played a much better opponent than week one. Yeah, sometimes the other guys that Sometimes hard to grasp as a player when, you, when you're hearing that, but, uh, but that's you know, the, the honest truth, you know, uh, and that's uh, just how good a team that, that Villanova is, and then hats off to them and, and their program. They, they did a fantastic job uh, on Saturday. But, you know, as you go back and you look at the, the video and you're looking, you know, we tried a, a, a fake punt and it, and it went for minus five, but, you know, you're looking, you're one block. It's one block away. Nine guys are, are making the block. The tenth guy misses his block, and that's the guy that stops this, you know, turns into a five-yard loss instead of a 35-yard, 40-yard gain. And, and so you're getting there. You see that. The end result is kind of the same as if all, you know, 11 guys did something wrong. But, the, you know, that's, that gets back to that fine line between, yeah. you know, success and failure at the college game. Uh, your players do get a chance to experience something they haven't had a chance to experience yet, playing at home. Uh, they've got Penn coming up, 6 o'clock game at Christie on Saturday night. And you got post-game fireworks, which, you know, you'll talk about, but that's not your interest. <laughs> First responder and hero appreciation night. Uh, it's your uh, coaches versus cancer game as well. So there's a lot of promotions around it. But just playing at home and now getting to run out with fans there. Have you thought about that and talked to your players about that? Yeah, and, and we will talk about that a lot this week. We've touched on it already uh, on our Sunday meeting. Uh, but it is something that, you know, it's, it's different. Um, you know, we've got a brand-new million-dollar scoreboard that's making its uh, debut. It's it's really going to improve the fan experience. So we're really excited about getting a big crowd, and, and the weather's supposed to be great for, for a, a, a night football game. Um, the, the most things that we're focused on right now is our opponent in Penn, and yeah. in all my years as a college football coach, again, you, you, 
you're going into a very unique situation. You know, as you know, the Ivy League starts football yeah. later than any other conference uh, in in the country at any level. So this will and be they haven't played in two years. First game, they haven't yeah. played in two years. Exactly. Yeah. So we are looking at film right now, uh, trying to ascertain what their tendencies are, what their personnel is looking at, and we're looking at film from 2019. You know, where uh, half of their football team currently on their roster, you know, they weren't a part of that 2019 team. So it's a it's a huge challenge, a very unique challenge. You know, to just to sit there and say, hey. You know, uh, you're not only are you not looking at any games from this season because Penn hasn't played yet, but you're going back in time mm-hmm. two years to find the last time that they snapped a, a ball in a college football game and, and uh, trying to figure out, you know, how, how to game plan and, and get ready for them. It's, it's, it's definitely a unique challenge. There's no doubt about that. I mean, obviously it's not your issue, not your game, but Jack Ham and I were talking because Brian Harson's new at Auburn. They played Alabama State in Akron. We don't know what tape to watch. You know, we yeah. we don't know. I mean, because different coach personnel, but you got to look at like you don't even know about personnel in some ways because it was two years ago. It's even a greater mystery for you. Exactly. You know, you, you're finding yourself. You know, you're looking at it too deep. That that uh, Penn released today, and and anybody who's basically a freshman or a sophomore on that too deep, and there's not many of them. But you know, you're going back to to looking at uh, their high school highlight yeah. films to see, <laughs> hey, what's this yeah. guy good at, and and how does how does he look? And that's you know, it's a very surreal moment when you're having to search the internet for that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it is a surreal moment. Well, in the end, it's kind of like when you putt, Dave. If you're not sure of the break, just hit it toward the hole. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in a way, Steve, it, it, it folks, I think this is a good thing for us. It forces you to focus on, you know, your own business, which we need yes. to do. You know, we, we still have a young yes. team. And, and so that's kind of just saying, hey, look, we're refocusing on ourselves. Penn's going to do what they're going to do. And, and they've got a you know, huge advantage over us in that aspect. Uh, you know, they, they've seen us on film from this year. We haven't seen them for two years. Uh, but it, it forces you to just get the best out of your players. And, and I think that's a, a really good spot for us, regrouping from two tough losses uh, and, you know, trying to right this ship. And, and just go out there and, and execute the best that we possibly can here on Saturday. That, in the end, is going to give us the best chance to win the game. Dave, excellent, excellent point. Completely agree with that. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck Saturday. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Dave Giacchini, head football coach at Bucknell. Um, so, yeah. I'll take a break since that's Jack calling. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm getting all sorts of phone calls on the show today. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855, stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury, or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Najee stands to Ben's right in the gun, gets the snap, throws it for the end zone, timing pattern, and it pulled in at the end of the corner of the end zone. That's a touchdown for Deontay Johnson. A miraculous catch right at the end of his route. Levi Wallace couldn't do a thing about it. It really was a great catch. 
And Bill Hillgrove with a great call, too. So it's the Dud Bowl? We've that is correct. Doug, it's this week. It is It is the Doug and Wellsboro Bowl. We're going to call it the Doug Bowl. Right? That's right. Shick and Wellsboro in the Doug Bowl. I'm loving it. We just named a bowl game after you, Doug. <laughs> is it bad that we're starting to play highlights of, of, of the Sioux calling the other team's touchdowns? Is that bad? I'm just asking. You have no words. No good! No good! No good! Now, have you gone to a high school game yet? No, I don't have one till next month, actually. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering just on your own if you want. I haven't, yeah. I, I, I've only been watching on TV. Crowds have been good, I assume? Oh, yeah. I mean, all the highlight stuff I see on TV here, the crowds have been great. So, yeah, all around, I, I definitely think they've been very good. And uh, I know for on the TV side of things, Southern was great last week. Shemokin's had a lot of good crowds. Chickalemi, too. Did Southern, did Southern win? That was a pretty good matchup on paper. They did, yes. It was... It was Somewhat, it was competitive early, but um, Southern was able right. to pull away. Fifty-one, fifteen was the final. Okay, but it was back right. and forth a little bit early, actually. Okay, good. All right. Um, and Seals Grove won big, which is over Shemokin with thirty-three nothing. Huge confidence game. booster. That's that's a I've I like Shemokin right. coming into this year. Good hard nosed football team. They like to run the ball. Good defensive team. That's that great. was a that was a good start for the Seals. That's great. That is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to Jack. We're, we're going to work it out. Get Jack on before the week's out. Okay. Beautiful. Okay, we'll we'll do that. You know, it's a, uh, probably just sort of had him come on now since he called. I mean, <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> but, nah, we'll uh, wait till later in the week. That's fine. That's fine. Build it up to the whiteout. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other call I got. They're trying to give names to Gene Wojciechowski to talk to about the whiteout, so I guess I'm on the list. Um, they asked about the suit, though, but I think it had something to do with, like, Gene as a restraining order or something. I don't but Whatever, that's a different story. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Do you worry a little bit about it? <laughs> like a lot of people seem to have restraining orders. Does that bother you? It's kind of a laundry list, yeah. It's because the lingerie's on the deck, my man. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, are my hero. Okay, I'm predicting that this call is Doug. I'm predicting it. Let's let's just see. Let's let's find out. I hope it is. I love talking to Doug anyway. Love talking to everybody. Yeah. Hey, Randy and Dick and Doug and everybody. He'll call in at some point. It's a big week. 
Yeah, I mean, we just named a bowl game after him. Call it you know, Wellsboro against Shikolimi in the Dud Bowl. Huh? That's. I think they ought to have a trophy for it. I guess it wasn't Doug, huh? That was actually our friend Greg Wetzel who dropped this nugget. Apparently, during the pregame, now Greg was listening because Lewisburg was off this week. During the pregame, Chief had to ask the suit, can I talk now? Yeah! (laughs) Way to assert yourself, Dave! (laughs) Just came in from, from Greg. Oh boy! What are, did Greg hear? What my open was? He didn't. Welcome to Chickalimby Stadium. Yeah, this is the suit with the Chief Jay Burchy. It's tonight Chickalimby plays. Who are we playing, Dave? Mount Carmel. Oh, they're good. <laughs> uh. Greggy, you loved that one, didn't you? <laughs> How can one man provide America with so much entertainment? (laughs) Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by the wonderful people at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Always go to purdyinsurance.com. I don't care if it's auto, home, light, business, Boat, motorcycle, there's a long list of items they insure, a long list. And you need your insurance. You also want to make sure you're getting the best price. You have to go with the group that you trust. Purdy Insurance embodies trust. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio on this beautiful Monday. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Can I talk now? That chief, my hero. You, sir, are my hero. He Doug's the play-by-play guy he has to ask the same thing on Saturdays. Like, like they're running plays. Can I talk now? <laughs> Although I'm sure he didn't have a problem with that last Saturday, unfortunately. <laughs> right. So the Tom McGrath tailgate on Saturday, another rousing success. Uh, befitting the man whose name is on the name of the tailgate, a Gary Goloshevsky curator. I will admit that I misjudged. There was a little misjudgment in the postgame show, and it was that's my fault. Um, they added a segment in, and we were waiting for James and waiting for James. I should have taken a commercial break. I think we waited about twenty minutes, but that's that's not his fault. That's standard of him going in talking to the team, talking to his coaches, things like that. So that that's standard. So the postgame show went longer because of it. it was I should have taken a break earlier, right? And so that's, that's on me. Uh, won't make that mistake this week. So I was later getting over there. And, of course, when I'm getting over now, he has a TV now set up there, a TV all set up. 
So people were watching the Michigan-Washington game. Plenty of beverages, but they started packing up the food. You know, again, I'm late. But, of course, you know me. I have to make a joke out of everything. And I said, I said, great. I said, now i got to go over to Jersey Mike's? What's going on here? <laughs> and Gary's face, crestfallen. <laughs> it was first class all the way. I'm just saying that, yeah. By the time I got there, it was... A little thin, but that was my fault. Now, what is this first-class spread? I'm curious. Oh my! They've got everything there. They, you name the food, they have it. You name the dessert, they have it. You name the snack, they have it. You name the beverage, they have it. That's what I'm talking about. They have a TV. They've got a tent. This is living large, man. How big's the TV? You don't want to make it too big. Uh, and I said to Gary at one point, I said, I didn't know they still made TVs with tubes. But it was, uh, you know, <laughs> that's exactly the quote. I said, I said, Gary, it's black and white tubes and antennas. What? I said, did <laughs> you get that at a tax sale? <laughs> no, it was not, I would say it was probably a 32-inch. Oh, yeah. That's not bad. That's about what you want uh, for outside. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the corner of the tent, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, but this is the Tom McGrath tailgate, Gary Goloszewski, curator. And, of course, you know, and Amy's, you know, and Amy, of course, is tr- tremendous. And Julie McGrath, it's, you know, I mean, if we're going to say it's the Tom McGrath tailgate, we have to throw Julie's, Julie's name in there, too. It's spectacular. Now, I only I, asked because I saw the I, press box I, food was also very good, too, and I, I am a beneficiary I had, of that. Yeah, but I had to order out to get mine at the end. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, press box food, I didn't have that. So, it's always it, the one time I covered a game, it was very good, and so I wasn't surprised what I saw. Apparently, it was brisket, chicken thighs, rice pilaf, and they had the, uh, the creamery ice cream. Oh, nice. That's good. See, with us, we you know we have the pregame show. At you probably don't have time out, for that. We're outside. <laughs> well, yeah, we're outside, so we can get there around quarter or two on a game like that. Well, first of all, the first thing I do, though, is that I'm on the Facebook Live broadcast with Mitch Gerber. Right. So I was on at 12.50 Saturday. So what does that mean for this week? So I guess we bump everything back, bump everything up four hours. I'd be on 4.50 this week. So I was on at 12.50. I was on with him for like two to five minutes. I was done with that. Then I walked back to the booth. In the booth, I had to record the pregame open for the James Franklin segment because the James Franklin segment, including that recording that I do, airs to allow us to walk from the Jordan Center back to the booth. When I'm done recording that, then I'll probably just sit there for a little bit. I usually get a beverage or whatever and just sit down, maybe watch a little bit of a game on TV, and then I walk over and I do the Jordan Center show with uh, Jack and Brian and Roger. Then we walk back down to the games. I really, there's not really, and I only have one segment off in the game. Um, um, I only have one segment off during the game. It's the scoreboard segment at halftime. So I'm on the entire time. And I can 
assure you in no uncertain terms that the um, that the one segment I'm off is not primarily used to get food. <laughs> I figured as such. Or maybe other needs. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's um, that's all part of it. Um, I um, now I may grab like a hot dog or something. But that's um, that's my routine. That's why you're saying, "Hey, the food and everything like that." Nah, I just don't have. I don't really have a lot of time built in to do that. Maybe I'll get like a a fruit salad or something, which is good. They always have that there, and definitely something to drink, obviously. You know, usually, usually that's pretty much water. I mean, that's pretty much it. But yeah, that's the routine. Um, and uh, you know, I asked the soup. You know, what do you, what do you drink before the games? I have to admit, I I got answers I didn't expect. That's a it's a wide array of interesting beverages. All right, so. <laughs> Oh, my almighty! <laughs> Holy mackerel. It looked like Moeller's trunk. All right, so... <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Fauda! Oh, my goodness. All right, so a couple things. We talked about Ohio State's running rush defense was... I watched them against the Thursday night game with Minnesota. I'm like, something's not... You know how you're watching something, you just you, you can just sense it's not quite right. And I watched them against Minnesota, and when I watched their run defense, I thought, I know Mo Ibrahim's really good. He's like something isn't quite right, and then Oregon just torched them with the running game over and over again, and it made Brown more effective as a quarterback. But that's when you go on the road, you have talent. Oregon has talent. And they had two of their top guys missing. I mean, Thibodeau's one of the top 25 players in the country, probably. It's going to be a high draft pick as a defensive end. And you keep your mistakes down, turnovers. You keep your mistakes down, penalties. They only had four. And their game plan, Joe Moore had a great game plan in that game. I mean, he really, he, Moore had called a great game. They executed it well. The Florida State-Jacksonville State game. This is where the simplicity of what we do on shows such as these is uh, gives you uh, a bad read about games as a fan. Came down to that last play. Oh, they blew that play. Oh, I can't believe it. They blew that last play. It, the last play happened because in the previous three hours, Florida State committed penalties, Turnovers and in the process brought losing into the equation. And yes, Jacksonville State hit that play and Florida State lost. But it's what they did in the other three hours that brought losing into the equation and they got burned by it. 
you can play a mediocre game but still be up two scores and you built yourself a margin and you're going to survive it and get out of it and now you got to get back to work and get better. But they didn't do that. They brought losing into the equation. You know, conversely, Toledo put winning into the equation, but they gave Notre Dame that one more play, and Notre Dame was able to hit it and score. USC all night long was never really close to Stanford. Once the Yankee-Mets game was over with on Saturday night, I watched some of the USC-Stanford game, and Stanford was just better. Stanford was just better across the board. A better team. Just, I mean, they just, I mean, it's not a question of USC losing the game. Stanford just beat them. They won the game. Um, and so, I mean, that's how I, you know, Arkansas, Texas, that goes back to my point earlier. What have I been saying over and over again about the SEC expansion? Okay, Each week in the SEC, once they're playing conference games with Texas and Oklahoma in there, what's going to happen to eight teams? Eight of them are going to lose. And the bigger jokes on Texas. And how they even change a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, this is, young, this is early in Steve Sarkeesian's tenure, what he wants to do is, you know, how much different he wants to do it than Tom Herman, I don't know. It's 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 the second game as a coach, so I don't make, you know me, I don't make calls that early. But Texas has been on this path for a while now. They have been in this rut for a while. That's my issue. My issue is looking at the recent history of Texas. And the recent history of Texas is everyone thinks this is some sort of slam dunk. In what way? Where? I mean, they weren't ready to play Arkansas at all Saturday. Arkansas ran them out of Fayetteville. And that's been my point the entire time. That's why I'm looking at college football. This is a time when leadership is needed more than ever. And you don't want groups out there to be so starved for leadership that you lead them to a puddle. Because they'll follow somebody anywhere because they're aching for leadership. You gotta have the kind of leaders that know how to lead everybody to the oasis. And part of leadership is not overreacting. Part of it's to say, okay, we made a lead move, and then somebody says, you know what? Okay, you made a lead move. We actually have a move in our pocket. It's just like when Penn State went to the Big Ten. A lot of people panicked when that happened. A lot of people didn't know what to do, in particular the Big East. And the Big East ended up folding over it. It may have taken a while for the Big East in football to fold, but never getting Penn State in the Big East for football made sure that the Big East in football was never going to survive. And all the Big East did was overreact over and over again. They kept expanding. They changed the financial rules. They put the Miami rule in. If you go to a, a New Year's Six bowl game, or you know, back then, you know, win the conference championship, you had a four million dollar bonus. Miami, to its credit, took the bonus and went to the ACC. Uh, but that's 
That's what we've been seeing over and over again. I mean, you need people to step in and look around and look at the landscape and say, you know what, let's be smart here. There's no need for us to overreact to this. I've got confidence in my own product. We can get three or four teams into a 12-team college football playoff. We can do that. Okay. TV deal. Oh, the world is saying stream, stream, stream. I'm looking at the streaming numbers. They're better, but not significantly significant enough to make a difference. There's going to be a an entity out there that is a streaming group that is going that because they have the money these days that will throw a ton of money at a conference. And somebody's going to take it, and they're going to find out it's a big mistake. You know, and Peacock is a perfect example of that with Notre Dame football. We've talked about the Notre Dame game. Very few of you saw it. And you can't make your entity difficult to find. Leadership tells you that. College football, college sports is aching for some sort of leadership right now. Aching for it. And you can't just keep reacting and overreacting. You need to sit down and say, you know what, I got this. I know what to do. And lead. It's tough sitting here after all these years and you just shake your head like, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, that's not the right. No, don't do that. But I'm just a voice in the wind, for goodness sakes. Again, streaming is important. You need to have streaming entities. There's no getting around. The streaming entities are important because you've got people that can only stream right now. But it has to be a supplement. It can't be your primary package. That's where you've got to be smart about this. That's why it bothers me that, that Kevin Warren's not getting asked about. He needs to be asked questions like this. You need to get a better read on what they want to do. Big Ten's the first one up. All right, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Aaron, do you have a problem with what Lindor did circling the bases? Because they were talking about it on TV quite a bit. Uh, started with his second home run as he rounded the bases. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm not even going to go down that road of, you know, this, that. Boys will be boys, and, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. Obviously an interview with the losing team. Well, yeah.
Obviously, you have a problem with it. Yeah, I do. Now, listen. Everybody still signs in baseball. I get it. I'm, I've done it. I did it when I was when I played in high school. Okay. You cheater. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. You can't be playing victim of what the Astros did. Now, granted, that's way worse than what the Yankees are apparently accused of doing. But you can't cry foul on that and then come back and do this. There are ways to steal signs and tell your teammates about them without making a production about it. If you're going to do it, that's my and that's just my problem with it. Is they're go they they know that they're doing this, they've already cried foul about it with the Astros, and now look where they are at this point. It's just a little contradictory to me, so I I have a little bit of a problem with that. And by the way, here's it's not one. working. Here's <laughs> one for you: make a better pitch. Make well, a better pitch. True, but in the Yankees' sake, it's not even working. They've lost what fourteen of their last sixteen, whatever it is now. <laughs> so it just looks worse on them. They're stealing signs, and yet they still can't hit again. Let's see, are they even winning today? I don't think they're winning, really. It's no, it was 5-1 last time you checked. I even checked. 5-2, to two, I think, is the last I saw. I, I didn't give the update, but it was 5-2. Your guy Heaney hadn't given up anything. Well, that's a first. It's 5-5 five, five now in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, apparently Aaron Judge just went deep. Yeah, he's a rallied in the game. So I got a, I got a five. text from our buddy Justin Antwell, the women's, our women's basketball play-by-play guy. He's a huge Yankee yeah. fan. Yeah. Abreu's not a Abreu's not a bad pitcher. He's on, and uh, let's see. Stan just struck out swinging. There's a surprise. I think as Gallo struck out 18 times today, right? Mm, something like that. No, he's actually two for three. <laughs> but he's what I told you he was going to be. Oh no, no! I'm not going. He either hits it or he strikes out a thousand times. Oh no, no, no! But he acts like I don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> What's guy. odd is he leads the league in both strikeouts, but yet in walks. <laughs> Dave Kingman. Gallo, by the way, homered in this game, as did Judge. Yeah, Judge had a three-run bond to make it 5-5. Yep, Gallo had a solo homer. So it's 5-5 against the Twins. Um, I mean, it's really bad that the Yankees steal signs, and they're not good at it. Exactly. <laughs> Just make better pitches. Arkansas fined $100,000 for their fans storming the field. Worth every penny. <laughs> Next.